0: Hello new community, welcome to service today. My name is Hans Leeson. I've been a part of Newcom for about eight years. Um, I moved here eight years ago, moved back here eight years ago to go on Young Life staff with South by Northwest Spokane Young Life. And I've been uh, going to Newcom ever since. I've also been in an incredible small group Wednesday nights um, for about six years, I believe now. I'm with about seven other couples, myself and my fiance, and Um, It has been one of the greatest gifts in my life personally, Um, relationally, a group that's challenged me and pushed me and just been a place where I can come talk about ministry and life and feel safe. And I can't imagine life without them. Um, Young Life for us has looked different this summer and I'm sure your summers look different. Um, No camps and uh, that's been a challenge, Um, but we are so excited for this fall and uh, being able to be together, even if it's in groups of five or less, um, to do anything relational at this point. Lord, help me. Uh, We are so excited to see what God might have for us and are trying to lean into that and be encouraged in that, as opposed to looking at what we are missing or uh, looking pessimistically about how this year might go. Um, I have to look at it in a new way for me to make it um, and what God might have for me, what He might teach me, teach my area, teach my leaders. And I imagine this year we'll be going deeper with a few. Um, and my, my hope and prayer is it'll be the greatest year of discipleship we've had. Um, and my hope and prayer for you is that you will lean into what God might have for you this season as well. Welcome to service and have a great day.
1: Welcome, new community, to this sacred space. Use this moment to pause, take a deep breath, and welcome the Holy Spirit. If you enter into this space with fear today, release it, for God will carry you through your fears. If you enter into this space with hurt today, acknowledge it, for God longs to heal your wounds. If you enter into this space with shame today, dismiss it for God is not a God who defines us by shame. If you enter into this space with weakness today, embrace it, for God empowers us toward good works. Invite the spirit into any area of vulnerability and trust that Christ will heal us and unite us as one. In the name of the great I am, amen.
2: We invite you to hear from the reading of Romans 12:9 through 21 Let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever, amen.
1: The text says, hold fast to what is good. What are the good things you are holding fast to during this season? In what ways are you holding fast to God? Be as specific as possible. text says, outdo one another in showing honor. To whom are you showing honor? Who in your life could use a special measure of grace or care during this time? The text says, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. What is one thing you can rejoice in today? What is one struggle in which you need more patience? What is one request you could continue to take to God now? says, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. How could you meet someone's need this week? How can you show hospitality in a unique way this week to someone in our community or city?
3: community. This is Julie again, and I'm here to share with you the message for this Sunday's podcast. And I'm going to be honest, it is weird to me that this is the new normal. I do not love sitting here by myself recording just my voice. I miss our community. I miss interacting with with everyone and seeing everyone's actual faces. Uh, Basically, I miss the church. I miss us being together. But here we are. And someday we will be together again, and I look forward to that day. But until then, this is where we're at. And I will admit that I am very thankful that COVID has not taken away our ability to be the church. It has simply taken away our ability to meet in person in a building for the time being. And today, in a sense, that is really what we are talking about. We're talking about what it means to be the church, what it means to be followers of Christ and live that out. Last week, we talked about the importance of the inner work in our lives. It was not simply a self-help conversation, but uh, Russ and Dan talked about the important and hard work of working out your faith by actually addressing the internal life and struggles, how to build deep roots in the Lord and seek Christ as our sole living water source. And this week, we are talking about the external work, the outer work, what it means to exhibit and reveal Jesus in each of us, Because as followers of Christ, we are called to do just that, to live out our faith, to reveal Jesus to others, to love others well, to serve others, to put others before ourselves. This is part of living out our faith. Um, Today, I will also say that it is going to be a simple and short message, and it is this way intentionally. Because I think... We often, at least I know I do in my own life, I think we often complicate things and we overthink things. And even as I was preparing this message, I very much um, overcomplicated it. At the beginning, I wanted to dive into everything relating to our outer work. But as I wrote, I kept being reminded and nudged that the importance of our outer work is simple. And therefore, I will keep this pretty simple and straightforward. And in full disclosure, uh, if about 15 to 20 years ago, if I would have heard that we were talking about both the importance of internal work one week and external work, the next, I probably would have skipped right over last week's podcast, not because I didn't need it. I needed plenty of inner work. I still do, but outer work was easier to me. It, um, it seemed more urgent the inner work seemed like it could wait. And honestly, as I look back on it, some of that was purely motivated. I wanted to love others and live out my faith. Um, But some of it was simply because that is what I felt like I was supposed to do as a Christian, that I was supposed to show people and prove myself somehow to Jesus, uh, in a sense, not wanting to disappoint Jesus. And so I would do, I would do, I would do, and I would ignore, My inner work, and I would just focus on my outer work. And I say this uh, because if you are one who intentionally skipped the conversation on inner work last week, go ahead and pause this podcast and head right back to last week's message and listen to that instead right now. You can come back to this one later if you want. And like I said, uh, this one won't be long, so you'll be able to catch up quickly. But you don't But if you don't see the need for inner work or you don't want to prioritize it, I'll be honest and say that it probably means that you need that message more right now than this one. And on the other hand, if you're someone who wants to just stay in the inner work because that is more comfortable for you, I would challenge you to step outside of yourself and uh, maybe evaluate that and say that maybe it's time to focus a bit on the external work as well. Because the simple truth of this, this inner life and outer life, the simple truth is basically my first point in this short short talk. You cannot have one without the other. In order to bear fruit, you have to be rooted to the life source. You have to do the inner work. And if you are rooted to the life source, you will bear fruit. You will do the outer work. Last week, Russ and Dan discussed Psalm 1, and specifically verse 3 says that the righteous are like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Now, if you have lived in Spokane for more than five minutes, you have most likely been to Green Bluff in the summer or fall. If you grew up here or have kids, you have been on, I would say, anywhere between one and 172 field trips to Green Bluff. And when you've gone to Green Bluff, you have picked an apple or a peach, because that is part of every field trip that goes there. When you did this, you picked it off of a tree that was deeply rooted in the ground and had been taken care of with water and any nutrients it needed to be a healthy, thriving tree. The fruit did not just show up magically. And when the tree is healthy and thriving because it was watered well and taken care of and pruned, it bears beautiful, juicy, delicious fruit. I have never gone and found a peach that I wanted to eat on a branch that was broken off from the tree with no water source for a significant amount of time. On the other hand, I have reaped the benefits of some very healthy trees that were maintained and well cared for. And I bring this up because our outer work does not come without the inner work. The fruit only yields because the tree is planted by the water, the source of life. And Christ is the source of life. John 15 says this, says, I'm the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Christ is the vine and we are the branches. Whoever abides abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. When you abide in Christ, you bear fruit. When you are truly bearing fruit, it is because you are abiding in Christ. You cannot have one without the other. It is that simple. Start with the inner work the outer work will come, I promise. The branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. May we be people who bear fruit from abiding in Christ and Christ alone. And this brings us to the second point, bearing fruit. What does that even mean? I, for a lot of my life, I defined bearing fruit simply Uh, With a list of my Christian to dos. Am I loving people? Am I meeting my neighbors? Am I helping others? Am I sharing Christ with others? Am I giving up my time and resources, speaking up and standing with the voiceless? Am I reading my Bible, praying, helping those in need, putting others before myself? The list goes on. And please, please hear me. I mean, this is part of the point of this message. This is all part of bearing fruit. And as the church, we are absolutely called to be the hands and feet of Christ. This is all part of our outer work. If we are not revealing Christ to others, we are not doing the outer work. But I think too often we skip over a really, really key point. I'm going to read some scripture from Galatians. And as I read it, if you grew up in the church, I guarantee you will maybe tune out a little bit and instead think of the song that goes with this scripture. But I want you to... I want you to try to just hear the scripture as if you're hearing this for the first time. Galatians 5 says this, "'But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires.'" If we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and one another. See, bearing fruit is not solely about the ways in which we are serving others. And it is not meant to be a list of things that we are supposed to check off. Maybe, just maybe, bearing fruit is more about how we do it. Because your list of things God is calling you to is going to be different than my list, and that is good. And God is calling each of us to do the work. But the question is really, as we are doing these things, are we exhibiting love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? Are we, are we living in a way that is revealing that fruit, that is revealing the true fruit of the Spirit, because that is the fruit of the Spirit. And notice it says fruit, not fruits. Sounds like a small difference, but it is not plural. It says the fruit of the Spirit is, and this is important. And it's important because when we change fruit to fruits, when we make it plural, it changes the passage. When we make a plural, it turns it into a list that we pick and choose from saying something like, and I know I've done this in my own life, say I'm good with love and being kind, or I'm really great at being faithful, but patience, man, I am just not that patient and self-control is really hard for me. So I'll just focus on the things that I'm good at and accept that. And maybe I wasn't made to be that patient, or maybe I wasn't made to have great self-control, but that's okay. I have some of the fruits and that's enough. But if we want to truly examine our outer life and do the work, we have to look at the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit is all of these things as one. It is the whole of it. It is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They are not separate from one another. So if I'm lacking in part of this fruit, I'm lacking in the whole. If I have self-control, but I'm not loving, it reveals to me that I have some major inner work to address, right? Because the fruit of the spirit comes from the spirit, from the life source, from being rooted to Christ. So as we examine our outer lives, it will point us back to our inner work again, because you can't have one without the other. And if we want to be, Bear fruit, if we want to truly reveal Jesus to others, if we want to reveal the Spirit, then bearing fruit means that towards everyone we are full of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self control. That is the fruit of the Spirit. But please hear me. This is no way meant to be or to, co- meant, to be, uh, meant to be a cause of guilt or shame whatsoever. This is simply an urging to do the work and to examine where we're at. So give yourself some grace in this because there's the third point. There are seasons of growth and seasons of bearing fruit. And this is my final point. One of the last times I was at Green Bluff, we were picking peaches and it was towards the end of peach season. And it was very obvious that the peach tree had done the inner work. It had spent the time gaining life from the water source through the roots and on up through the trees to the branches. And then the fruit matured from buds to blossom to peaches and grew those peaches until they were ready to be harvested. And I can tell you that we picked those peaches just in time. Like I said, it was the end of the season and they were amazing and juicy, but also they needed to be eaten right away because they were about to go out of season. Meaning that the tree was about to start the maturing process all over again to produce more fruit. There would be pruning and then budding and blossoming and then the fruit would set and then the flower loses its petals and the fruit grows and grows until it is ready to harvest all the while soaking up its life source through the water and nutrients it was receiving to stay healthy. Because with any tree, there are times for growing and bearing fruit, but there are also times of pruning and working. The inner work will honestly never end, and neither will the outer work, and it will look different at different times in your life based on what the Lord is doing in you. But as we mature in our faith the fruit of the spirit will start to become the natural outpouring of our inner life, of our rootedness to Christ. I have to believe that the Bible continuously uses trees and fruits and vines for a reason. We grow and we change and we bear fruit and we need to be pruned and we grow and change and bear fruit. And then we need to be pruned over and over and over again. This is part of the beauty of following Christ. We never fully arrive until we're with him face to face. There are seasons. And as we mature in our faith, our fruit may bear in different ways. Or maybe you will even look a little bit different, like I said, based on what the Lord is doing in you in that season. The point of this whole message is this. There's always inner and outer work to do in our faith, and they will always go together. And following Christ means that we are called to bear fruit. We are called to show others who Jesus is. We are called to reveal the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, faithfulness, goodness. The whole fruit of the Spirit. So my encouragement to you would be to start with Christ. Ask Jesus what he has for you today and lean into it, both in the inner life and the outer life. Don't be scared or hesitant of the hard work. The harvesting of the fruit will be beautiful. And as I close, I want to share with you Galatians 5 again, but it's through the interpretation of Eugene Peterson from The Message. And this is what he says. It says, But what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives, much of the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Legalism is helpless in bringing this about. It only gets in the way. Among among those who belong to Christ, everything connected with getting our own way and mindlessly responding to what everyone else calls necessities is killed off for good. It is crucified. Since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit, let us make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads or our sentiments or as a sentiment in our hearts, but may we work out its implications in every detail of our lives. That means we will not compare ourselves with each other as if one of us were better and another worse. We have far more interesting things to do with our lives. Each of us is an original. New community, may we be a community who examines and embraces the work in our inner and our outer lives. May we plant deep roots in our source of life, who is Christ. May we make room for Christ to give us water and prune us and mature us in each season. May we bear the beautiful fruit of the spirit given to us from Christ alone.
2: New community, join me in this benediction. Beloved family of God, open your hearts now and accept these words from a God who is madly in love with you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not worry about tomorrow. Do not fear. For my banner over you is love. My strength is made perfect in weakness, and I am with you to the very ends of the age. So go in the confidence of God, the Almighty, of Christ, the risen King, and of the Holy Spirit, our Comforter, amen.